welcome back, everybody, to the Calic Traveler podcast. Hi, Mountain. Hi, Joni. Hi, hi, listeners. Hi, people. You know, I had to actually literally dust off my microphone today. That's how Aww. long it's been. I should probably dust mine off. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Once a week. Once a week. Seems so far. But we thank you for listening. We thank you for... And if you didn't listen daily during Lent, you could always go back and listen to all those archives. You could. Yeah. And... Not about random churches. You should you should uh, rate us and comment on Apple Podcasts. We don't yes. talk about that much these days, but it really does help. And we have, I think it's like 248 ratings or something. And that's a really small percentage of the people listening. So yes. I know not everyone uses Apple, but I think it's like 80% of the people use Apple or something. So something a lot. Like that. So yeah, it's a big help if you just go over to Apple Podcasts and you give a little rating or leave a comment. That helps with the algorithm so more people can discover us. And it's also a big help if you tell people about us, like share something. We've done a lot of episodes on a lot of different things in Rome and other places. So if anything sounds good, share it with people so that more people know about us. And then maybe Joni will be like, oh, maybe we should do two a week and then we can talk more. That would be fun. Yeah. But if we did that, we would need people to tell us what to talk about. Yeah. Which people aren't. Well, we so can come up with, us. we can come up with stuff. We've done okay so well, far. Right. 83% of people listen on the Apple iPhone, but only 60% use Apple Podcasts, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, there's other apps. Like yeah, but Overcast the podcast and, is right there. Yeah, but there's other apps that are better. Oh. But you have to, if you're going to rate it, you'd have to go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Yes, to rate To us. rate and all that. Yeah, so did. we were looking at stats the other day, and we found out we have a large amount of listeners <laughs> from Howe, Ohio, or Ho, Ohio. We're not really sure. Yeah, It's a suburb of Cleveland. So shout out to Howe, Ohio, whomever you are. Yeah, tell us who you are. <laughs> like a, a large lot. percentage. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. More so, than any other city. We'll have to so. do a, a live recording from there one day. Yes, we will come to Howe, Ohio, if you invite us. <laughs> we'll do a live podcast. From somebody's so. kitchen. That'd be so fun. Wouldn't that be fun? As long as they didn't murder us. Oh, we could do like a podcast tour across the U.S. Like, yeah, we could hit Atlanta, mm -hmm. Colorado, Chicago. I'm just naming the cities that listen to us. Oh, those are the only ones? Well, no, I just went down the... Boston? I've never been to Boston. Can we go to Boston? Sure. 2% of our listeners come from Canada. Shout out to Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> so, good times. Stats yeah, are fun. They are fun. Do we have any listeners in Switzerland? I Switzerland is not listed. Oh. But that's a great segue for today's topic. It is, because today um, we're going to talk about the Swiss Guard. The Swiss Guard. And why are we talking about the Swiss Guard today? Because today is May 6th. And what happened on May 6th? <laughs> so May 6th is the anniversary of the sack of Rome in 1527. So Rome's been sacked several times, especially during you know the period of all the Goths coming down and 
sacking the city. But in 1527, the the city was sacked, sadly, pretty tragically, by troops of the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V. And so it's a pretty messy history. Um, I'll give you the kind of 45-second version so Charles V was Holy Roman Emperor. He was actually faithful to the church at a time when, you know, if you think in, during this, like the 16th century, it was a really messy time for the church politically and ecclesiastically, because we had the schisms, we had the Protestant Reformation. This is in the midst of Henry VIII and his wanting to get married and, and all that stuff that leads to the um, Episcopalian Anglican break. Um, so anyway, it's a messy time for the church. And Charles V was actually a faithful Catholic, but because the Pope is heavily involved in political affairs and um, secular affairs. Um, to make a long story short, Clement VII, who's a Medici, he's Pope at the time, was trying to reform the church. He aligned himself with Francis I of France, makes Charles V mad. Charles V allows kind of some of the troops, support some of the troops to sack Rome in September. Um, and then the troops are in Italy. There's a large amount of different countries represented in the Holy Roman Emperor's army. Charles V is not there. He's in Spain, but there's this huge army in Italy, and they're not getting paid. They don't have food. They begin to march on Rome, and a large number of them are German. Um, so some of them go home because they're not being paid. But by the spring, there's a lot of Lutherans in the army, a lot of Germans. They're actually led by a prince who carried a rope with him to hang the Pope. He wanted to hang the Pope when he met him. So these people are not very loyal to the church, even though they're the army of the Holy Roman Emperor, who is loyal to the church. But anyway, later in the spring, um, they're not being paid. They march to Rome. They have no food. They have no money. And so it's a tragedy because Charles V wouldn't have even probably known this was happening because he's in Spain, but his army sacks Rome. Um, so we have a large number of, of German Lutherans. We have a large number of just really hungry, angry people. They sack Rome and it's... Uh, it's atrocious. Um, eyewitnesses said they can't, they, they wouldn't even know what to compare it to other than the destruction of Jerusalem, which if you read the accounts of the destruction of Jerusalem, um, but the sat in 70 AD, the people were like eating other people because there was no food. Um, so it was horrible. Rome was pillaged. Churches were desecrated. Papal tombs were looted. Um, 12,000 people end up losing their lives. Priests are dragged through the streets and, and decapitated. Nuns are raped. It's awful, awful, awful. Um, Raphael's disputation of the Holy the Eucharist in the Vatican museums is defaced. Um, it's awful. But before this whole sack, so the sack lasts about a week, but on May 6th, that's when the troops advance onto St. Peter's and um, the Pope flees for Castel San Angelo. So we've talked about kind of the passageway that goes between St. Peter's and Castel San Angelo. He flees here and the Swiss guards try to defend St. Peter's and 147 of them lose their lives on the steps of St. Peter's trying to defend St. Peter's while the rest of them kind of escort the Pope to Castel San Angelo. So May 6th is the anniversary of this horrible, horrible sacking, but it's also the anniversary of the Pope's, do or sorry, the Swiss Guards doing what they are supposed to do. They're supposed to defend the Pope with their lives. So for that reason, May 6th is when the Swiss Guards take their oath of fidelity to the Pope every day, every year on this day. Does that make sense? Did I just talk for a long time? Yeah, you just told like the whole story. So sorry, that's it for today. That's it. No, that's not true. <laughs> So that's just the historical background. I mean, I think it's important because um, you read different history books and they're like, oh, the Holy Emperor, Emperor sacked Rome. Um, I think it's important to understand like the political and like the difficulty that Charles V found himself in. 
Um, and just the kind of mess that the church was in at this point, but that the Swiss guards still did what they were supposed to do and they still defended the Pope. Um, so that's the story of May 6th, but not the whole story of the Swiss guards. Right. So it's the, the Swiss guard, it's one of the oldest military units in the world. And they used to rent out their people um, if somebody needed some extra protection. Like, like and so they were, yeah, kind of like mercenaries. And so they were on loan to the Vatican when this happened. Um, but it was after that sack of Rome that they vowed always to protect the Pope and serve only the Pope. And so now it's just the Pontifical Swiss Guard. And like you said, they they do their vows or their swearing in ceremony on May 6th, which is today. And it's it's a fun event. Um, you know, some, it, it's in the uh, San Damascus Courtyard in the Vatican. And so they invite people. I was able to go several years ago. And they all march out, and you can see them taking the oath. And it's just a big ceremony. I've never been to any kind of military swearing-in thing before. So it was it was all new to me, and it was exciting to see. And there's a lot of VIPs there, a lot of cardinals. And uh, it was when Callista Gingrich was the, the ambassador to the Vatican. So she was there, and some other ambassadors to the Vatican were there. And it was just kind of like a who's who of Rome. Um, it was a beautiful day when I went. Uh, now it's the last, last year was closed to the public. This year's closed to the public. So I won't be able to get in. Um, but yeah, so there's there's a lot of stuff that people don't know about the Swiss Guard. Like they just think that they're Italian. They're not, they're Swiss. That's why it's called it's Swiss, Swiss Guard. You have to be Swiss. <laughs> you have to right? be Swiss. Yeah, you have to be Catholic. You have to, there's a certain age. I think it starts at like 19. You have to go through basic training with the Swiss military. Um, the first, I think it's 25 months, you cannot date. So you have to be single. Um, and then after that, you can re-up. And once you do that, then you can start dating. You can get married. A lot of people didn't realize that Swiss guards could be married. Um, there's uh, the friend of ours, Joanna, the... Her Instagram handle is Swiss Guard Wife. So she was very famously married to a Swiss Guard. And there were some magazine articles written about her. And um, But yeah, you can follow her and see what life was like as a Swiss Guard Wife. Now they've her husband's retired and now they live in Australia. But it's still kind of fun to scroll back and see um, kind of behind and she'll the post, scenes. she'll still post like old, you know, like archive fo- footage. So she's still yeah. worth following. Like when they have like that. the... Uh, the cookout for the families and stuff. And there's like Swiss guard kids. So that surprises people. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's it, I mean, the people that don't realize who the Swiss guard are. They're the ones that are wearing the, um, the red, yellow, and blue. I guess well, we kind of, we, we skipped that, over that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got really excited about? about the history. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure people that have visited the Vatican, they know who the Swiss guard are. They're the ones that stand, at the entrances to the Vatican, they wear the ceremonial uniforms, which is the green, not green, yellow, red, and blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have like the on dress uniform. Days. Yeah, well, on yeah. on certain days, depending on where they're standing. So yes. if they stand... Yeah, which is really interesting. I love all this. Yeah, if they're standing by the Santana Gate, 
On certain days, they'll wear the dress uniform. The other days, they wear the, the blue uniform. Like Sundays, Wednesdays for the people audience, yeah, big feast days. Big feast days, right? But then the ones that stand right by St. Peter's, they always wear the, the bright uniform. And the ones that stand at the other gate, they're always wearing the uniform. But then they have the blue uniform that, like, they might wear when they're at, like, the Santa Ana Gate on a Tuesday night or yeah, something. They random. might just wear their blue, you know, right. more working uniform. Yeah, and then there's the ones that wear the suits. They're kind of like, I don't know if they're intentionally undercover, but it's like they're the undercover Swiss Guard. They wear yeah. suits. And then if you're... And they might be walking with the Pope. So, like, when the Pope's walking, you'll have guys with suits on both sides of him. Some of those are, you know, police... And some of those are Swiss guards. Yeah. Um, so you might just think, oh, these are his bodyguard, you know, and they are they're Swiss guards, but you might not think that they're Swiss guards because they're in suits. Yeah. And they also stand like outside the Pope's bedroom, outside his office. They're in all the halls of the Apostolic Palace. So I've been able to walk through there a few times and there's just random Swiss guards standing in a hallway, just making sure nothing's watching out for people like me, probably. Now they have to stand outside Casa Marta where the Pope lives because he doesn't, right. he's, his, he's not living in the Apostolic Palace right now. So mm -hmm. now they have to go over there and stand over there. Yeah, there's a guy that stands over there. And yeah, so you see them all over the place around the Vatican. Not outside the Vatican, but when the Pope is in the Vatican. or Unless they're hanging out outside the Vatican in jeans. Yes. But then you wouldn't know who they are. Well. Unless I'm, you know them. Yeah, a, a lot of the American women that come to Rome, <laughs> study in Rome, they know we where this. They know where the Swiss Guard <laughs> go for drinks. They know where they go to eat because um, they're they're wanting to become one of those Swiss Guard wives. Which you know, it actually is really nice because I think it would be difficult as a nineteen twenty year old kid essentially being so far from home we had a friend who was a swiss guard when i studied over there and you know they talked about how difficult it was because sometimes it was hard to break into italian culture sometimes it was hard to make friends outside the guard um and so i think i think all those nice girls are doing those boys a service by by befriending them i'm sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so you'll see them around and sometimes they won't, like if they're standing guard, they won't talk and then they'll have a talking guard who's the one that you communicate with. Um, a lot of the guards that work the gates like the Santa Ana gate, they know by face everyone who works in the Vatican and so they can recognize the people that they're letting in. Um, and they know several languages. So I think sometimes like the Swiss guards are kind of treated as just kind of these flower pots that are just like fun, you know, remnants of Renaissance um, culture, but they're not, you know, they're trained. They will protect the Pope with their life. I mean, that's what they vow. Their, their promise on May 6th is beautiful about like, I will faithfully serve the Pope and I will give my life for him if necessary. Um, and so we have to remember like these aren't just kind of like flower pots and just like, Oh, aren't they fun? Let's take our mm -hmm. picture with them. But that they really do guard the Holy father and they're, you know, they're, they're fluent in several languages and they know people who work in the Vatican. Um, and they're willing to do everything they can to protect them. Yeah. And so the ones that you see, like standing by the Pope at the audience or at a mass, they're usually holding um, was that halibird, the, the big yeah, the big staff yeah, thing with halberd. Hal yeah, that's what it is. Halberd. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but they're they're trained in like small arms and how to fight. So it's not just for show. Like they're really there to protect um, 
I've seen a few times where somebody's like jumped over a barricade and they jump into action and tackle the people. So that's always scary and exciting. <laughs> um, so I have a fun story. When when I studied over there, my friend Megan started dating one and um he was a sweet he was so sweet. So he ended up coming and visiting us when we were in Virginia afterwards and stuff. But he was kind of brushing up on his English um because he was dating Megan. And it was great because we'd get phone calls. Well, I wouldn't get phone calls. She would get phone calls, but she was my roommate. So I got to enjoy. Um, he would call and you could hear the bells of St. Peter's. And we were all very Rome sick. And so it was just fun to get those phone calls. But anyway, so one time he was studying English. He was brushing up on his English. Pope Benedict came by. And Pope Benedict really loved the Swiss guards because he could speak to them in German. Um, and he knew them before he became Pope. He was, you know, his apartment window kind of looked out over the Swiss guard barracks. And so he became, he was known for really enjoying the company of the Swiss guards. Um, and so he stopped to talk to Marcel and he asked Marcel why he was brushing up on his English. And Marcel was like, Oh, you know, I'm just brushing up. And the Pope was like, is it for a girl? <laughs> and Marcel was like, yeah, you know, and so Marcel told him about Megan and the Pope for some reason, the Pope had Margaret in his head. So her name is really Megan, but um, the Pope remembered her as Margaret. And so when the Pope saw Marcel again, he asked him how Margaret was. And Aww. that, of course, sent, you know, all sorts of excitement through the girl's dorm that the Pope would have asked about Megan. Um, so it's just neat. And it's good to remember, like, these are just normal guys, too. Um, but that they have this kind of unique view of the church, which I think could be very difficult at times, as any of us who worked in the church or work in the church know, it's hard to be that close mm -hmm. to the ins and outs of the church. Um, but it's also just a really neat, I mean, I think it's hard to recruit guys to be Swiss guards because they don't get paid a lot. And they're just, you know, they're, they're offering their life for the church for several years. Um, but they do get this, in, you know, n instant, you know, access to the church in a way that none of us really can even imagine. Yeah. And Switzerland's not the most Catholic country either. Yeah. So it's, I'm sure that's there's making few, recruiting a little more difficult since you have to be Catholic. Yeah, there's only a few counties that they can even really come from or cantons mm -hmm. um, because you have to be a Catholic, you have to be a practicing Roman Catholic, you have to be sound, like of sound moral character. And that was one thing Marcel told us was, you know, they actually, they took that very seriously and interviewed their family and their friends to make sure that these guys were good practicing Catholics who were in this for the right reason. Yeah. And then there's, um, we were talking about the uniform. So there's been talk for years that it was designed by Michelangelo, but that's not true. Um, it was actually from the 1900s. Uh, it was designed by one 1900s? of the commandants. Yeah. Oh, but they wore something similar before that, right? In the 1600s, they did wear the colors, but it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. But okay. the, the commandant from the 1900s, he's the one that designed it. Okay. Um, so, as we see, so it was not done by Michelangelo. But, but I think part of that comes from they did start serving the Pope um, in 1506 under Pope Julius II. So it would have been around that that whole Renaissance time, right? Um, that's when they first officially started serving the Pope, um, and then it was later that the, they famously defended him with their lives. Mm -hmm. But I love their the pants because it, if you if you look at them, you think they're just. <laughs> <laughs> their trousers, their pantaloons, I don't yeah. know. They're um it looks like it's a solid piece of material, but when they walk you can see that they're actually strips of material. Mm -hmm. Well the so arms awesome. too. Yeah, the arms too. Oh yeah, the arm, arm yes, the arm. It's like flutters. a solid red within the blue and yellow stripes or yeah. 
It's really God. cool. Yeah. And then there, uh, the tailor, he, there, he has a shop here in Rome and he makes suits. And then he's also the, the tailor for well, the that's cool. Swiss guard. Yeah. So if you ever want a, a suit in Rome, you can get it done by the, the Swiss guard awesome. tailor. Yeah. There is a travel company that sent me a travel suit called Bluffworks. And it's like this synthetic material, but you're supposed to be able to like shove it in a suitcase for a month and it'll come out without wrinkles. And so they sent it to me to try and I did. I tried it. Like I, I was able to shove it in a suitcase for a month and it had no wrinkles, but it was too big. So I needed to get it tailored. And so I went to the Swiss guard tailor and I had him do it, but it was just kind of oh, funny because he's like, he's making Swiss guard uniforms, cassocks for cardinals and really nice suits. And I come in with this polyester suit <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, this, this is a, it's a travel suit. It was sent to me, but can you make it look good? And he, he did, he made it fit. So that's funny. If you walk along, it's not the tailor, but if you walk along from St. Peter's towards the Santa Ana gate, you're actually walking along the barracks mm-hmm. on there on your left. If you walk toward the Santa Ana gate and sometimes if the windows open, you can see like all the, like the armor, maybe it might not be the armor, but you can see all the, um, yeah. the uniforms lined up and it makes a really nice picture. Yeah. Well, you walk by the kitchen, you walk by the dining room and then you're talking about the room that has all them hanging. That's where the tailor works. So he has his shop. It's on Borgo Santo Spirito on the other side of the Vatican, like a block away. But when he's working on the Swiss Guard stuff, he comes in there, I guess. Comes to them. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I, I, it was before I moved to Rome, I was walking down that street and I'd never noticed that window open before. I don't know if it wasn't always open or if I just wasn't very observant, but I saw them all and I took a picture and and I posted it on Instagram and I said, oh, look, it's the Swiss Guard dry cleaners or something like that. And <laughs> a couple hours later, a Swiss Guard actually commented on that picture and said, actually, that's our tailor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, a Swiss Guard follows me. He didn't follow me. He just like saw the, the hashtag, hashtag or something. <laughs> but it like made my day. I was very excited. But yeah, then um, also on that ground floor is the gym. So you can... I think they have a basketball goal in there. You'll hear basketball. You'll hear them lifting weights. You can't really see. The windows are a little too high. Um, but yeah, on the barracks there. You so, can't creepily look through the windows and see them lifting no, weights. That'd be creepy. Yeah, that would be creepy. Yeah. yeah. And they have a chapel back there. Um, they all live back there. Um, you know, I mean, they're they're like a little, I mean, they are the kind of little papal army, you know, so they're, yeah. obviously they're going to have a gym. They're going to have places to train and work out and um, pray together and have mass together. They go to mass together. So they all have to go to the same mass. Obviously the ones that are working can't attend that mass, but they all go together. Um, even if they want to go to like an English mass that day or something, they would have to go to the Swiss guard mass and they could go to another mass separately. And I was able to tour the barracks once. And that was really cool. Seeing like all the weapons laid out, all the rifles and, the armor and that was a really cool experience. Joanne took me, um, I guess it was like three or four years ago. And so there was a, I I got a picture in front of all the helmets and it was like my most liked picture ever. Mm -hmm. I could see not anymore, but at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But sneak sneak peek. Yeah. And I think they Mm -hmm. used to do like tours. If you knew 
somebody because I've seen other people that have gone in with like small groups. You could go into the barracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they still do that. I mean, obviously they don't now. And there's also a gift shop back there. I was going to say there's a gift yeah. shop. Yeah. It's only open certain times. You have to kind of know, right? You have to go ask. Uh, I've gone a couple times and both times we just asked and okay. they like went back and opened it for us. I mean, it's just like a little room with stuff, like little... Little Swiss guard yeah, little embroidered Swiss, tie. Yeah. Swiss yeah. guard pens, watches. Yeah. Christmas ornaments. Um, ooh, I want a Swiss guard Christmas ornament. I have one. Nice. I guess that doesn't help okay. you. But <laughs> no. Next time I come over, I'm getting a Swiss card Christmas ornament. Okay. I collect Christmas ornaments from all the places I go. I didn't so know that, that my about Christmas you. tree. Yeah, so that my Christmas tree is this fun reminder when I decorate for Christmas of all the fun things I've done. Why didn't I know this about you? I don't know. I don't have a Rome one, which is kind of funny. That is weird. I have a Sienna one. We've been one. to other places. Do you have a Jordan one? I have a Bethlehem one. one. I... Don't have a Jordan one. I actually have Santa Claus on a camel, which is one of my favorite Christmas <laughs> ornaments, but it didn't come from Jordan. Yeah. So yeah, fun things. Um, I remember when, so when Marcel came to visit us in Virginia, it was funny because he was there for only a few days, but he'd come to class with us and like the teachers would be like, oh, can you introduce your guest? <laughs> and our Vatican II professor was our chaplain at the time, Father Heisler. And so Megan's like, oh, this is my friend Marcel. And someone's like, he's a Swiss guard. And Father Heisler started laughing, and then he was like, wait, really? And then, like, the rest of the class, like, forget class. All we did, like, he asked him all these questions, and it was really cute. But it was kind of this, because it's just this, you know, like, kind of like you taking a picture in front of the helmets in the barracks. Like, it's something that very few people have any experience with. And so it's this neat behind the scenes. Like, he had a, a Swiss Guard prayer book. So he was showing us his prayer book and we wanted to know everything about, mm-hmm. you know, he had a Vatican passport. Um, it was just really, it was really fun, like to have kind of this behind the scenes that so few people ever, like we all have seen them, but yeah. they're real people and to get, you know, it's fun. I think I was intimidated to talk to them yeah at first, like to ask questions and stuff and then realize that they're just, you know, these they want to talk. They want to help you. They want to talk to you. They want to, you know, and so don't be afraid. I mean, don't ask, don't go and ask them dumb questions, mm-hmm. but, um, but you know, like, don't be afraid. Like if you need Wednesday audience tickets, go up to the Swiss guard at the Santa Ana gate. He can speak English mm-hmm. and he wants to help you, you yeah. know? And so I think just knowing that they, they're there. I mean, they have some great, Marcel had some crazy stories. There was a man named, um, that was dressed like Jesus that would come like every month and ask them, <laughs> he'd come up to the Swiss guards and he would say, I'm Jesus and I want my keys back. <laughs> <laughs> and so they'd have to like send them away um so they probably would love for a nice normal person to come and ask them a perfectly normal question like can i have tickets to the wednesday audience but don't be afraid to to you know again don't don't pester them and but don't be afraid of them because they're very helpful yeah and if you want to take a picture it's best to ask because yes. they don't really like if you're just snapping pictures of them yes although at the audience it's kind of fair game because they're standing in the aisles and everybody's taking pictures of them. Yeah. Also remember these guys are working and they have yeah. a job to do. And yes. so like when they're trying to do their job, don't, they aren't just flower pots. They are the army. And so don't, you know, distract them when they shouldn't be distracted. I thought I had another story. Oh, uh, in the, um, they have these hats, not hats, these helmets they wear that have the red feathers. 
You know the ones? And so yes. I was at uh, Easter Mass one year, and they were all wearing the helmets of the red feathers, and it started raining. And so the feathers started like dripping, I guess the red dye or something. And so one of the guys like in a suit came by and collected all the feathers from them while they were standing there. And yeah, just, they, I think they swapped them out with something. Um, it seems like they put something else in waterproof the place. Feathers? Maybe waterproof feathers. Yeah, they just took them off their. They took them off their helmets. Yeah, it's like a. It's like a strip. Wow. They just like. Yeah. Pulled it off. Huh. I've seen. There's a picture. There's a really awesome picture of a Swiss guard standing in the rain, and all it is is from his back, um, and it the the feathers all like wilted, like all it's like maroon. Mm-hmm. It's not even red anymore because of the rain. But that's interesting. Yeah. They have really cool raincoats. I have to say. Yeah. They have those like big poncho. Uh-huh rain poncho things that they just look so dry and cozy when they're standing there in the rain i'm sure they're not but keeps them dry yeah because they do i mean when you're running through rome in the rain rain, yeah yeah i'm really jealous of their big ponchos maybe they have them in the gift shop in the gift shop (laughs) walk around in a swiss guard poncho (laughs) yeah just uh was it a couple years ago they I don't know if they finished doing this, but they redid the helmet. So they used to be metal and they, now there's some kind of like fiberglass, 3d printed something or other. So and of course, lighter. A, lo- a lot of the purists were like, Oh, that's terrible. Of course, the Swiss guard are like, Oh, these are so much lighter and safer. Yeah. Yeah. Purist. You try wearing these metal helmets. Yeah. But yeah, it's a beautiful uniform, beautiful history. And it's really cool to walk around the barracks and see, because they have all, like all the old stuff, like you can see some of the old uniforms and the old armor that they would wear, the breastplates, and yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I think kind of the the lesson is behind all this is that when you see them, when you're reminded of them, don't just think, oh, that's you know this fun pretty uniform, but remember the history behind them and remember that they are they were willing and are willing to give everything for the church and would we have that same courage you know i mean we're not going to be asked to probably die on the steps of st peter's for the pope but we do have to stand up for the church we do have to defend the pope um and clement the 7th might not have been the pope that these guys wanted to defend it didn't matter he was pope and they were loyal um and so you know you we have to have that same heroism to defend um, the church and to defend the Pope. So don't just think of them as, you know, these nice little colorful, you know, Renaissance figures, but that these are men willing to do anything for the church. And are we willing to do the same? Yep. And like you said, some of them are still kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Mountain. Thanks, Joni. Thanks, listeners. <laughs> Thanks, people. <laughs> Thanks for listening, for subscribing, for sharing, telling your friends about this. Um, you know somebody probably who've, who's been to Rome, and they might not know the history of the Swiss Guard, so share this episode with them. Yeah, that would be great. So, Okay. Well, All until right. next week, everyone. Next week, I'll dust off the microphone again. <laughs> Sounds good. Ciao, right. ciao, everyone. Ciao, people. Ciao.